I think about the verse, um, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Um, I do believe that the leadership at the bridge, um, that they're very prayerful. Um, it's not just about strategy, and it's not just about how we can be the biggest, brightest, shiniest church. It's, in many ways, I think I've seen surrender. I've seen um, surrender. I mean, you know, even coming into this year, I remember at the beginning, um, you know, the goal to baptize every Sunday, and obviously the Lord, you know, a pandemic happened. <laughs> um, but I think, I do believe that we do have leaders who are prayerful and who seek the Lord and really truly do seek the welfare of the city. I do believe that. I believe that's genuine. Um, it's not a branding. It's not a marketing strategy. Um, I do see that. And so I do believe the Lord is building this house and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. No hurricane, none of that. Well, amen, Sister Erica. Yeah. I tell you, man. Yeah. I told Pastor Ethan, don't be putting those fine women like that up there on the screen before I got to come and preach. That's very distracting. In this case, y'all didn't notice, that's my wife. I've been married to for over 21 years. Um, she's an amazing. Y'all give it up for her. She, she's amazing. You know, I, I think that um, as, you know, as we talk about this and uh, as we, as we kind of enter into this season, I know it's been very difficult. As Pastor Ethan was even saying earlier, I, I know um, how, how, how difficult it's been for us to kind of stay connected and for us to be united um, during these times. I mean, even the sports world looks totally different. There's so many different places where, where, you know, where we're struggling to, to kind of be connected and, and, and to do things together. That's why, that's why I, am, I am really excited about what we get a chance to do here um, as a church with this faith initiative and with the commitment that we have. Because there, while there are a lot of things that we can't do um, together, this is one of those things that's very, very easy for us to do together. It's very, very easy for us to come together and trust God for something now that he's going to continue to do and do much later. That's why it's a faith initiative. Um, so, you know, we have a goal, you know, there's things that we want to do um, uh, for our family. There's things that we want to do um, in this city, in our city, and there's things that God is doing amazing things in the world. You know, shout out to what, what we see God doing um, in, in, in other cities like Roanoke, Virginia, and in Tennessee, where we get a chance to partner with um, some of our partnerships, but also overseas, in London, and in, 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 in the Middle East, and in and in Asia and different places, uh, we have our members that are there doing a wonderful work. And it's when we come together, we're able to support and do that because God is still saving people. God is still leading people to get baptized. People are still joining our family um, here at this church. Um, and God is on the move. His mission is not on pause. Um, and this church and this kingdom is not divided. Amen. So I'm excited about what God is going to do with that. Next week is our... our um, uh, at the time we get a chance to commit, Faith Commitment Sunday is next week. You know, I encourage you online again to look at that card. Um, you can see exactly everything that we're doing. Pastor Ethan is going to close us out next week uh, with a message. I'm, I'm so excited for him. In fact, can we give a hand to Pastor Ethan? I just want to honor him right here. Um, you know, one, 
it's part of our culture here to honor one another. Um, you know, it's just not me and him honoring each other. We honor everyone on our staff. Um, because here's the thing. I love to labor with people that, number one, love Jesus, but I get to hear how much they love you. I get to hear how much they care about the people in this city. And it's, it's a wonderful thing to be able to, to be a part of a church that, that, that thinks that way. And um, anytime you're around those kind of people, you should give them honor. Amen? Well, listen, I am excited about today. I want to jump right into the text today. We're going to read it first, and let's kind of hear what the Lord has to say to us from there. 1 Corinthians um, chapter 3, we're going to look at verses 11 and 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, just a few verses right there. So we're going to jump right in at verse 11. It says this, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest for the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test what work, what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as one as through fire. So early on, Paul gives us a spiritual metaphor. Um, and, he, and, and I don't know if you can picture this, so I'm going to throw a picture on the screen just to kind of help you understand the spiritual metaphor that he's talking about. So in this image, you see an image of a house, a house that's on fire. You actually see a car over to the side as well. And I think that's kind of what this is getting at. Because sometimes in the Bible, there, when you hear about a fire, sometimes it is a purifying fire. It's consuming fires um, where it can be used in a good way in that way. Then sometimes when the Bible's talking about fire, it's talking about a judging or a testing fire, right? So, you know, good fire used to cook with. It cleanses you of you know, um, impurities out of things. When you boil things, you can put it in a stove. When it's, when it's contained and it's on the inside, it can do some amazing things for you, keep you warm. But then there's also a fire that, that burns things away. And that's what this passage is actually about. It's about a testing fire. It's a judging fire. It's trying to see what will stand. Now, in this picture, um, there's some things that are not burning. And there's some things that are certainly burning. And I hope that as a church... Um, and I hope that our leadership, I hope that we're presenting things to you and helping you understand things and building on things in faith that are fireproof, things that are eternal, things that have eternal significance, and not things that are fire hazards, which are things that are temporal and things that burn away. Are y'all tracking with me? Have you ever seen the blueprints to a home before? Have you ever seen blueprints to a home Think about blueprints is where, where do they come from? It comes from the imagination of the, the architect, right? Whoever the architect is, they, they draw up the plans. Even this building that we're in right now, when you look around, like someone had to design this. It had to be in their mind first. And blueprints kind of work a little bit like faith, right? Because somebody had it. It is a substance, okay? It's something that's there, but we don't see it yet. The evidence of it, we don't see it just yet. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So it's almost like God is the architect. God has the blueprints that he set up for us as a church. He has his design for his kingdom, for his church. He has that. And the thing is, he's saying, I want you to build. 
I want you to build this, and we have to build in faith. Right? Y'all, y'all tracking with me. Make sure y'all nod your head or something. Let me know, know that you're tracking with me. Because here's the thing. What you believe impacts what you build. What you believe impacts what you build. In other words, what you believe about God, what you believe about his promises, how you view his kingdom, that will determine what you will build or what you decide not to build. And I want you to understand today that these kingdom blueprints that we have, the kingdom blueprints, these are the only things in the world that have eternal impact. That's why we say it over and over and over again when we talk about how you invest your time, invest your money, invest everything. It's the only investment that has eternal impact. It's the greatest investment you could ever make hands down. See, every investment on this planet has an expiration date. Every building will eventually crumble. But I know in Hebrews 12, it tells us that we have an unshakable kingdom. The kind of kingdom that we have as Christians are the kind that's unshakable. So the sermon message today is actually a simple question because I want to know how are you using your time? How are you using your gifts? How are you using your resources to build this unshakable kingdom? And it's this, simply, what are you building? What are you building? See, the metaphor of this building gives us a very clear picture. And here's the thing. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that the first thing you build, even if you look, you look around, the first thing that got built here was not the walls, it was not the roof, right? It's not the doors. It's what? It's the foundation. It's the foundation. That's why Paul says in verse 11, he says, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, th this is extremely important. That word foundation, themelios, that, that means what's first, what's core, what's, what, what's rudimentary, what's basic, what's at the base of this thing. And here's something that, that you need to understand that's very important and something that we have to remind ourselves of as Christians all the time. Our foundation is not, it is not a principle to live by. It's not biblical principles. It's not morals. It's not moralistic, theistic deism. It's, none of the, it's not good works. It's none of that. Our foundation is what? A person. He is a person to love. He's a person to commit to. He's a person that you can serve. He's a king that you can adore. That's why we spend 30 minutes, which is not a lot of time, just singing songs to him. That's why I'm not ashamed to lift my hands and to wave my hand because it, he's real and he's a person and that's my foundation. All right? That's what it says in the scripture. Um, and, 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 and this is a problem for churchgoers. Like, what? What? This is a problem because our foundation, a lot of times, if you were raised like me, when I thought I was raised right, you know, because I was around the people of God, I was around church, especially in the South, if you grew up in the South like me, you know, you think that you're committed to Jesus, but you're actually trying to commit yourself to, to works. And I like the way that, 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 that J. Vernon McGee says, he says, we bring nothing to the foundation, none of our works. There's nothing. A lot of us are trying to do good things and saying, Jesus, please accept these good things that I do so I can get into heaven and I can get into the kingdom. That's not how it works. He said, you bring nothing. He said, you bring nothing to receive everything. You bring nothing to receive everything. That's the kind of God that we serve. That's the kind of foundation that you build your faith on. If your faith is not built on understanding that principle, 
that it's not about doing things to earn righteousness, then I'm, I'm, I'm saying that you don't actually know Jesus at all. So it, here's the thing. Here's the good news. Here's the good news in that. So if you're one of those people like I was that doubt I could just continue to do good things and God would finally accept me, the good news is you don't have to stretch yourself out anymore and try to continue to do all this good stuff uh, and, you know, uh, and to try to excuse all the bad things that you do. You can just come to Christ by grace through faith alone in Jesus. But also, I want to tell some of you here, because there's some of you here too, that you believe that all the bad stuff that you did won't allow you to be in relationship with Jesus. Some of you like, Pastor Chris, if you could just see what I did last night. If you knew what was on my mind this morning. If, if, if only if you knew. It's no, why would Jesus want to be in relationship with me? Why, why, why would I want to continue to build on that? You're in a perfect situation to allow Jesus to come into your heart. All you got to do, look, is give him. You don't bring anything. You don't bring any works. Only thing that you need to bring is your heart. Bring your mind. Say, Jesus, I commit to you. Ask him. This is not a guessing game. It's not a magic trick. He's real. Talk to him. Ask him. He will reveal himself to you. In fact, he's been doing it. He's been doing it. You, he, some of y'all has been in your dreams. Some of y'all has been the people that you've been around. God has been speaking. He speaks through his word. He's trying to, he's trying to, to be in relationship with you. He came to seek and save those that were lost. That's the kind of God that you serve. That's why the, the first faith-building principle that you got to understand is just simply this. If the foundation is not Jesus, it's not the kingdom. And the reason why I worded it this way, because, you know, over the short term of my 44 years in life and going to college and uh, being, on, being in jobs in many different fields and everything, I've met a lot of good people that are doing a lot of good things. Some of them practice Islam, some of them are Buddhist, some of them are just really good people. And the thing is, I wish they understood that, hey, what you're doing while those are good things, if it's not grounded in Jesus, it's just going to burn away. And I don't want you to be a person, too, that burns away with it. Because in this passage, it's saying that actually what's being judged is your works, but, it, but because you have a foundation that is Christ, you will escape as one through the fire. So th this is why we say this. And, and listen, this is why we sing these songs. Y'all don't know. I don't know if y'all got hymns. Any of y'all got hymns in your heart? You know, y'all didn't grow up in the church where they sing them old hymns. I remember, I remember singing those songs as a kid. I used to be like, ooh, can we get through this song, right? But, I, but what I didn't realize is that song was teaching me. It was grounded in Scripture. Right? It was grounded in some things that, that, that would help me understand and point back to God's word. That's how you know it's a good song, right? Because I, I remember singing that song, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Then you, you go down a little bit further. On Christ's solid rock, I stand. All other ground, y'all tracking with me, is what? See, y'all know that song. Some of y'all know that song. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. If you put your faith in anything outside of Jesus, it's going to sink. It's not going to make it, right? So listen, that, that's the old school, but I like the new school too, all right? So um, there's a Christian hip-hop group. 
called the Cross Movement. They came out mid-90s, um, early 2000s. If you don't have this in your life, just like you need to have them old hymns in your life, you need some Cross Movement in your life, all right? Because, I, because listen, these songs, the reason why we sing songs and hymns and spiritual songs, um, because it, 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 you remember those things. First song most of y'all learned was the ABC song, right? You learned that song because we still to this day sometimes cannot put things in alphabetical order, right? So what do you do? Like, well, is it a V before the S? I don't know. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and oh, oh, yeah, I remember now. You start singing the song because it brings it back to your remembrance. So it's very important for you to do that, right? But that's old school, you know, but, you know, I like, I like hip-hop and this group Cross Movement um, on one of their albums, and they had, like, an album called Heaven's Mentality. They had an album called uh, 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 Human Emergency, Pastor Ethan. That was one of my favorites. The album actually starts off, it, I'm giving y'all a little something extra right here. The album actually starts off with a phone call. It's called Human Emergency. And the guy picks up the phone, and he's like, hello? And they were like, hello, this is 911. He was like, I didn't call 911. He was like, that's right, we called you. You know, he was like, yo, what's, what's, getting, what's going on? That's how urgent, and, I, and I'm going to be honest, that's how urgent in the lostness is in, in, in our generation right now. 911 needs to be calling people because they don't realize how much danger they're in. The church, we're, we're, we're the 911 operators, and we're trying to help people understand where they are. We need to be calling them instead of waiting for everything to go wrong for them to come to us because we see it. We see it so much. It's a human emergency. It's called sin, right? But in one of these songs, they had a, a, it was a song called Spare Rituals, all right? It's a play on words because it sounds like the word spiritual. But he says a lot of people, they're not spiritual. They're just practicing a bunch of spare rituals. And listen to this metaphor about a house. He said this. He said, I tell the truth that me without Christ, that's like a house without a roof. And you need proof? Well, check the average house with no doors or no floors, no windows, just empty corridors. That's what we call abandoned. And that's the state that every man's in unless we ask Christ to come and stand in the gap. I want to do the rest of that song. It's so hot. You know, but, but the point is that gives you the picture of the human heart and the condition that we're in. We're trying to build things. And we, without Christ, you can do none of those things. You're just like an empty house. And listen, there are a million things that we can learn on this planet. But I don't want you to waste your time trying to build your faith on structures where Jesus is not the cornerstone. In 1 Peter, we learn that Jesus is the cornerstone. The cornerstone in the building is the, the most important block in that building. If you go to a building and cut out the cornerstone, eventually that whole building will fall and crumble. See, Jesus said, Peter said that he's the cornerstone that will never put you to shame. This, this is why it's so important. Look at verse 12. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and straw, each one's work will become manifest for the day. Notice that's a capital D. All right. We'll disclose it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test what sort of work each has done. So here's the thing. Well, this is what Paul is saying. Like, look. Because actually there was a lot of crazy stuff going on in the Corinthian church at this time. And he just said, let me, let me, let me help y'all understand something. I'm going I'm to take you to the future for a minute. And I hope that the future impacts now. In the future, you do need to understand that everything that you're doing, all your works are going to be tested by fire at some point. That's what's going to happen. In the judgment day, everything is going to be tested. Now, here's the thing that's great. If Jesus is your foundation... 
you're not going to get burned up. But all the things you do, was it worth it? What are you, what are you doing with it? That, that, that's basically what he's saying. Now, the thing is, there's actually a sub-application to this point as well. Because that's the main point of that text, is that one day, judgment day, that's going to happen. But I believe that there's little fires everywhere, all right? There's little fires that are happening all the time that test things out in our life. Now, let me ask an honest question, see if anybody's going to be honest. It's okay. It's all love in here, all right? Have anybody here ever been fired? All right, got the, yep, thank you. If you've ever been fired, now, of course, you know, and it's funny that we use that, that term, you've been fired, right? Now, here's the thing, you know, of course, getting laid off is not really your fault or, you know, if you quit, but being fired is kind of personal because you're just like, man, they, they fired me. But here's the thing. A lot of times when people get fired, it's actually a test. It actually can show you some things. It can actually put a lot of things in perspective when it happens. I, I think of this story of a young, young woman in the 1980s who was a news anchor, but she was so emotionally involved with her stories. Um, and because she was so emotionally involved, she got fired. They, they were like, you, you're too emotionally involved. We're firing you. She was very upset about this. And the producer of the show, as a consolation, he decided to give her a, a, a talk show. Now, here's the thing. At this time, you know, news anchor was high class. Talk show was low class. She did not want to do that, you know. But she did it anyway because she got fired. And while she was very upset at first, this show started to take off. It was called People Are Talking. That's what it was called. And it actually took off. Eventually, she would end up having her own show, The Oprah Winfrey Show. All right? There was another man that was a cartoonist that worked for the Kansas City newspaper. And, um, you know, he, he got fired because the, uh, his boss told him, he said, you lack creativity and imagination. Get out of here. So he left. Um, he, he actually, his next business venture, he invested into a, an animation machine, and that went bankrupt. So him and his brother packed up, left Kansas City, and they went out to California. And the rest is history with Mr. Walt Disney. Sometimes it's amazing what fire will do in your life. Sometimes it'll actually let you have a different kind of faith. It lets you put your faith in things that's beyond right now. I think about me and my wife. I remember the first time I, I, I think I consider uh, uh, that reality check for us. Many, many years ago when my, when my, when my, my uh, second daughter was born, me and my wife had just purchased a home. Our, our very first home that we ever bought, that was a big deal. You know, I was able, credit was good, got bad, bought a new vehicle. You know, we, we, you know we, we're striving, trying to continue to do well. I was born, blessed with a, with, a, with a baby girl. And it actually was this time of the year. She was born in, in our early part of November. Um, and after about a month of being at home, um, she got very hot. And her temperature wouldn't go down. So we took her into the doctor, and the doctor was like, she has an infection in her bloodstream, and she's so young, she's not going to make it. And we were like, I, I was shook. I didn't know, I was not expecting that. That, that was, it blew my mind that this is what, what was taking place. Um, and, I, and I remember, you know, um, reading the Philippians, I remember that, that I shouldn't be anxious about anything, but rather with thanksgiving in my heart, I should make my prayer and petition known to God. So I literally got a sheet of paper out, and I started writing down my prayer request. And one of the things I wrote in there, I said, Lord, Lord, 
please bring my child home before Christmas. They're saying she's going to die, but I, I believe that we, we can be home together as we celebrate you and your birth in this time out with Lord. Now, here's the thing. She continued to get worse. I remember we had a family friend come in. I don't know how she got in because it was supposed to be a little restrictive, but she got in there and she came and said, let me see that baby. And she laid hands on it, on my, on my daughter. Um, and, and she actually got worse. She got hotter. But the next day, her fever broke. Amazing. Fever broke. She was healed. They came home on December 24th. December 24th. And I praise God for that. But here's the thing. This is what I don't want you to miss. We can talk about what God did in that moment, but a lot of times when we go through things, what is God trying to show you? Because here's the thing. During that moment, I did not, I, that house could have burned up. Those cars could have burned up. All it could have been, for me to be able to spend time with my daughter, to be able to disciple her, which she is a believer now, that daughter is a believer, she loves Jesus ferociously right now. That was the most important thing because I wanted time to build her faith. I wanted to build what God was trying to do in her. That, that's what's more important to me because that has eternal implications. Not my house. Not how now it's nice that, that little small first house that, that we had at that time. We thought we were balling. We weren't balling. All right? But, but this is what I'm trying to get, get us to understand about what we're trying to build here. See, in, in, this, in this passage, when it says gold, silver, and precious stones, those things, if they're tested in a fire, actually will make it. In that picture, the bricks weren't on fire. You notice that. The metal of that car was not on fire. You can't burn that up. That will, that will make it through the test. But wood, hay, and straw, those are temporary things, and it yields no eternal reward. So what are you building? Now, now listen, here's the first principle that I want you to grab. I mean, second principle I want you to understand, faith-building principle. Don't just build for the Lord, build with the Lord. Okay, Chris, what are you talking about? Are those semantics for, with, what, what do you mean? You heard my wife quoted earlier, Psalm 127. She says, unless who? The Lord builds the house. Those that labor build in vain. So obviously, when God tells us to build, he's not trying to tell you to go do something for him. He's saying, I want to do it with you. Jesus told us this. He said, I am the vine. You're the branches. If you remain in me, you will bear fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing, right? So th that's another mindset that we need. A lot, a lot, over time, a lot of people have gotten in trouble because they say they do things in the name of God. But you need to know him. He needs to be the foundation. That needs to be evident. That way you don't have to sit around and guess what the kingdom is and what the kingdom is not because you're doing it with the Lord. Are y'all tracking with me? Y'all rocking with me? All right. See, God always has wanted to be involved. God says he resides in the praises of his people. God is always wanting to be down. That's why as leaders, we're always asking, God, what, what is your will? What, what do you want for us this year? What, what's happening in Wilmington? What can we do here? What's happening overseas, over there? What is your will for these unreached people groups? What is your will for people here? What is your will for unreached people in this city? God, what is your, we want to do it with you, Lord. We, we, we're not, we don't have time to make stuff up. What are you doing, Lord? That's what I want to encourage you to do the same thing. Let me show you another image, because this is what I thought about when I thought about buildings. 
Um, now, in, in this image here, um, you get a chance to see Bur Khalifa. All right? Bur Khalifa. Now, this is actually the tallest building in the world. It's the tallest tower building in the world. I had a chance to go visit this 10 years ago. This is in the UAE, the United Arab Emirates, city called Dubai. Um, it's there, and um, it's 160 stories. It's ridiculous. I, when you get in the elevator, it shoots up so fast, your ears pop. You get off on the 140th floor. It's an observation deck. You look down, everything, it looks like you're in an airplane in a building. You know, still 20 more stories that somehow I can't, you couldn't get to and access. You know, when you come back down at the bottom, there's this writing at the bottom about, we, I am Bur Khalifa, you can dream, and you can do all this, you know, you can read all that stuff. And it immediately reminded me of a story in the scripture, in Genesis, um, Genesis chapter 11, it was a tower that some people tried to build, called the Tower of Babel. I encourage you, to, you get a chance to read that story. Here's the most important part of that story. The people were building that tower, and this is what they said. They said, let us build a tower for ourselves. Let, let's establish a name for ourselves. And what God did, God came down. It's one of the few times when you kind of see it says God came down. It's him, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, because he was speaking plurally when he said that. He came down, and he confused the people. He babbled. He made them babble. That's why that, that, that word babble is what it sounds like. That's the way the people sound. It's like a little onomatopoeia going on there. The babble, they, they were babbling. Um, and it confused them. It was actually a blessing for them because they're trying to build something without God. And, and here's the thing. It's going gonna, it's gonna to fall. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be destroyed. The greatest thing God could do is that. And I'll give, you, I'll give you a little something extra here. You know, these people were trying to do this without God and their language was confused. You fast forward into the book of Acts. And you have all these people from all these different nations and they start speaking in tongues. They start speaking a language where everyone understands everyone. So you see God trying to be the person that's building his kingdom and he's using the language now to unite the people. Do you see that? So, so this is what God is trying to do. This is what he's concerned about. See, we got to be very careful that we're not trying to build some towers that we have no business building. You, you, we, you hear us talk about it all the time. We need to make sure we're not trying to build a political tower. Not trying to build a democratic tower. Not trying to build a Republican, conservative, liberal tower. I'm not trying to build, we're not, as a church, we're not trying to build an American tower. That's not what we're trying to build. God has already given us blueprints. Those blueprints existed long before America existed, and it might, those blueprints are going to exist when America is gone. We got to be very careful about the towers that we're trying to build, and we need to make sure we're building it with the king. Why? Because God has already gave us the tools to build on the foundation that he has laid. In other words, we're not blindly going around trying to build things. In fact, I encourage you to go back and listen to Pastor Ethan's message on the work of the kingdom. You can hear in that these are the kind of things that we're going to be building here at the Bridge Church. Look at these final two verses. Look at verse 14. If the work that anyone has built, has built on the foundations of eyes, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as one through the fire. Through the fire. Here's the final faith principle I want to remind you about. God is a rewarder. He's a rewarder. There are kingdom rewards for those that do kingdom work. 
So this is something that we don't talk about a lot, right? We, we probably don't talk about this a lot. Like, so there, there's rewards for what you do. Now listen, remember, I'm going to be very clear what we said before. You, you, you don't do things to get God's approval. God gives you his approval, then you do things, all right? So basically, the works that we do are a response to what God has done. That's why he has to be the foundation. There's nothing that happens. Anything you do before that foundation is you're wasting your time. What you're going to do is build on the foundation. And even, even these works that we're talking about, remember, they're going to be tested. So, it, so if everything you end up doing on this earth is, <laughs> gets burned up, at least you'll be saved. Amen? But we don't want to waste our time and not build when, when, when Jesus has clearly given us some things. So Jesus preached about this in Matthew 6. You're like, this whole reward thing, did Jesus talk about it? Yes. Did you? In Matthew chapter 6, he's preaching the Sermon on the Mount, and he actually says, he warns the people first. He said, listen, do not practice your works. Do not practice your righteousness um, to be seen. Because if you do that, you won't get a reward in heaven for it. In fact, the only reward you're going to get is a reward down here. Okay. So if I do, do a good work and I post it on Facebook or post it on Instagram or Twitter or whatever and get, all, get like 8,000 likes and everything, if I do that to be recognized for that, then my reward is just them likes. That's what, that's what I'm going to get. My reward is right here on this planet. But I, ain't got, I did all that for nothing because that's going to burn up. That's not going to make it in heaven. Is that real clear? That, that's exactly what Jesus is saying here. He says we're rewarded for what we do in secret. So, so what, what that means is there's a lot of people here, um, a lot of people here that when we get to heaven, we, we never seen it coming. We're like, man, we, we didn't see all the fame and all, we didn't see all that there, but in heaven, man, look at their reward. Jesus said this about giving to the needy. He said, you know, don't, don't get no trumpets out. You know, hey, we're about to get to the needy. Here we go. This is what... He, he said, no, don't, don't. he said, give in secret to help people. See, they, they, we have to be about justice and righteousness, okay, here in this city. And, and that's why we partner with organizations. That's why we encourage y'all to get involved. Do something that matters. Do something that has a kingdom impact. That's why we partner with, 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 with missionary organizations and people all over the world, because we want to we wanna do something that's having kingdom impact that multiplies and multiplies and multiplies. That's why we do that. Even in your prayers, Jesus even talked about prayer. He said, listen, you will be rewarded when you pray in your closet, not when you try to do this long, lengthy prayer in front of everybody, so how, how much theology you know and how much you can break down and all this. Jesus is saying, no, listen, listen. What you pray in secret, that's what you'll be rewarded for. Even within the Lord's Prayer, we learn about one of those rewards that we, that we get to receive here. He says, if you forgive people of their trespasses, you will be forgiven. So when I forgive people on earth, I have an eternal forgiveness in heaven. My sins are cast as far as the east to the west, right? Even fasting and intercession. All this is in Matthew 6. Fasting and intercession. There's a reward for people that fast, turn down their plates, and that pray for people. Y'all like, y'all know about it. We, Thanksgiving just went by. Ain't nobody fast over Thanksgiving, did they? No, right? So, and Jesus is saying like, look, and then he ends this, set, he ends this section by saying, don't lay your treasures up on earth. Lay your treasures up in heaven. He's trying to help people understand you're, you're not just doing this stuff for any reason. Do it. Make sure you do it for the Lord. Do it. Do it somewhere strategic for him. Because I mean, what, what, what if you could make it in heaven? with some stuff. 
Because we, we know that's ridiculous. You came into this world without nothing, you're going to leave this world without nothing, right? Physical stuff that's here on earth, right? But, but, but what if you could? And here's the thing. Like, most of us, Chris, Pastor Chris, we, we know we can't do that, but do you live like that? Do you live like this stuff is going to burn away? Or do you live like, I got to hold on to all of it as much as I can? There was a man that had a big old gold bar. He treasured it. He was like, can you bury it with me in my casket? I believe, he's talking to his wife, when I die, I believe I can make it into heaven with it. I think they'll let me in. He dies in the casket. You know, he gets allowed into heaven with his gold bar. Um, and he walks in, he said, yes, I did it. I made heaven with my gold bar. And he walks up, uh, he sees Peter. Peter looks at him and says, hey, man, what you bring that asphalt up here for? Asphalt? Some of y'all are like, what are you talking about? You need to study your Bible. Revelation 21, 21 says that in heaven, it's breaking down how majestic heaven is. It says the streets are paved with gold. The streets are paved with gold. So you mean to tell me that one of the things that's the most valuable for us here is something that we're going to be walking on up in heaven? Does that put things in perspective for you? Early on in 1 Corinthians, Paul is actually telling these people, like, look, y'all need to make sure that your faith is in Jesus. Is you need to understand that there's a spiritual dynamic to this, and I can't even feed you like I want to because your mind is so carnal, because you're thinking about this world so much. And he actually lets them know, he says, the foolishness of God is wiser than men. Now, if the foolishness of God is wiser than men, that lets us know. That's the reason why we're going to be walking on gold, gold streets up in heaven. So I hope that puts things in perspective for us as a church. We want to make sure that we're doing things that count. Let's not waste our time on things that don't. Amen? Listen, I want to close this um, with something I think that's very important. It's out of Revelation chapter 2. Uh, Revelation chapter 2 is just a couple of verses, 2 through 4. Now, I'll be honest, uh, traditionally I've read this scripture and I've always applied it to myself personally. Um, and, I never, I, and I have to remember that this actually was written to a church. So that means it was written to a group of people. And when you put that in mind, I just want you to imagine for a second if this was true about this church or even some of the other churches that you know in the area. Listen to what it says. Verse 2 says, I know your works. That's what we've been talking about. What works are going to last, what, which works aren't. He said, I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil. He said, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake and you've not grown weary. But I have this against you, that you've abandoned the love that you had at first. Remember, therefore, where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Imagine this church. Imagine a church that does not allow false teaching into the church. We're about the gospel. We're preaching the gospel. We're preaching the kingdom. We're doing this. We don't allow, we not only not, not allow false teaching, we don't allow false, false apostles to come into this church. Oh, that's good. That's great. Not only that, we're willing to suffer for the gospel. 
We're willing to, to be like, if we, if we get persecuted for what we believe, so be it. We'll be persecuted for what we believe. If we're ostracized, we're ostracized. We're okay. We're comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's where this church is. But Jesus said, I got one thing against y'all. The way that you used to love each other, you don't love each other that way anymore. You let these divisions, you let these schisms, you let all this, you can't even build in faith because love is not the primary thing. And see, I always applied this scripture to, I've abandoned my first love, which is Jesus. You know, and the thing is, yes, that's true because what did God say? Second commandment, love your neighbors as yourself. First, love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbors as yourself. So here's the thing. The way you love one another is a reflection of what you believe about your love to God. So either way, if you abandon your love for one another, you're abandoning your love for God. So this is very important, church, because Jesus said, if you don't repent, I'll remove your lampstand. A church ceases to be a church if it's not loving. Any church, and I don't care how much work you do, So I just want to encourage you to love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, and mind and to love your neighbors, love one another as yourself if you want what you build to count. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your love. God, I thank you that we have a foundation that's unshakable, Jesus. God, we thank you that we didn't have to bring anything to that foundation, Jesus. We're thankful, thankful, Lord, that we don't even have to make this up, Lord, because you've already given it to us. And not only have you given it to us, Jesus, you said you're going to build it with us. So, God, I just pray for us right now. Pray, Lord, that we never lose our love for you and that our light will shine before men and they will know who you are. Our love for one another will let them know that we are your disciples. I thank you for our church, and I thank you for what you're building in us. Continue to build our faith in you. So in your mighty name we pray. Amen.